0: Wonderful hymn by Charles Wesley that reminds us that all things are possible with God. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Uh, Our faith grows weak. But um, let us pray that even through the word today, our faith shall be strengthened to have that sense of expectancy of what God Himself will do in answer to the pledges of His precious word. Well, let's return again to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and before we go any further, let's pray that God himself will come and minister to our hearts and to our souls. Our gracious God, our loving Father, we thank thee for the word of God. We pray that we might know what it is to be strengthened and build up on our most holy faith today. As we meditate for a little time upon it, we pray that, Lord, the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts will be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And so we look to thee, blessed Spirit of God, come, and we pray that thou would instruct us from thy precious word and that we might be encouraged and built up on our most holy faith. Lord, hear us now. Abide with us, we pray. And we ask that in all we say and do and think that we might honor and exalt our blessed Savior, for we ask it in the dear Savior's name, and for his sake. Amen. I want especially to focus upon the words of verse number 10, verse number 10 of Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And we want to think today of the subject of great faith. We are encouraged, of course, even though our faith may be small, be the size of a seed mustard seed, God encourages us to bless and uh, to believe him uh, for all that he has said, but he wants us to go on and to be making continual efforts to go forward in this matter of believing God. So we want to look at this subject of great faith. There are only two occasions in Scripture in which Christ is said to have marveled. Now that's a bit of a marvel, isn't it? He who knows all things. Uh, the end from the beginning. Yet on this occasion, in fact, as we've said, two occasions, only two in Scripture, where Christ is said to have marveled. He did not express any marvel regarding the magnificence of the temple, though his disciples, it seems, did. You remember there in Matthew chapter 24 how the disciples were giving the Lord a tour of the buildings of the temple and um, saying to him, Lord, look, look, look at these buildings. And uh, they were quite taken, it seems, with the, the structure that was there before them. But the Lord didn't even pass comment. Uh, it's as though he didn't even take on board what they had said. He, he used it as, as a way of getting to the fact that he's coming again. And uh, he gives signs of the times about how the stones in that building would be cast down. Uh, And so he he passed no comment. He was not impressed so far as this uh, human uh, building is concerned. So he was not amazed by the magnificent of the temple. Neither was he amazed by the might of the Roman Empire or the army. He did not wonder at the morality of the righteousness of the scribes. What Christ did marvel at was a lack of faith on the one hand and a large faith on the other. In Mark 6 and 6, speaking of his own countrymen, his kin and his house, he marveled because of their unbelief. And we are told that in verse number 5, consequently, it's no coincidence, he did not do many mighty works there. So, little faith, he marveled at their lack of faith, and little works being done as a result. But here in Matthew 8 and the verse number 10, regarding the centurion of Capernaum, Christ marveled, or he admired, he he wondered. This was a spiritual wonder to Christ, the faith of this particular man. he, He marveled and declared, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now it's a wonderful thing that wherever the Lord finds faith, and should he find it in your heart and in mine, and a trust he does, he always, in his word, is quick to identify it. He's a quick to own it and to commend it, for such faith magnifies him, moves him on this occasion to do a mighty work. So let us remember that faith, without faith, we cannot please God. We trust the integrity of the word of the living God that pleases God. Now if we are to have such faith. And I want to encourage you by saying that it's well within the grasp of every Christian we should notice, first of all, the origin of faith. Now, in Luke 7 and verse 3, it's a parallel passage to the one we've read here in Matthew chapter 8, we read that when the Centurion heard of Jesus, and that reminds us immediately... Of Romans 10 and 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, to have a large or strong faith in God, we must spend much time with God in His word and let Him speak faith into our hearts and into our souls. Of course, this is what He expects He expects us to get into the word of God. That takes discipline. Uh, day by day as we seek to get alone with the Lord and to hear his word to our souls. And it is through that means that God increases faith in his hearts of ours. A great transformation takes place. A great work of grace takes place whenever we get into the word of God. God takes away unbelief and he fills that unbelieving heart with faith and with confidence in the exceeding great and precious promises of his words. So if we're going to have a large faith in God, it is absolutely imperative that we spend time with God. This centurion had confidence in the bare word of God. Notice, he doesn't say, "Lord, come and touch my servant," but speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. And when the word of God gets into our hearts and a hold of our souls, then we will have faith to make essentially the same statement. Lord, just speak the word concerning this seeming impossibility that's come my way, and it shall be done. Just speak the word. This man had a Gentile man. He didn't have many of the spiritual advantages that the Jews had, but he had heard the word of God in power. And that's all he needed, and he knew that's all he needed. I would say to every dear child of God here, get daily to the word of God. I asked my wasn't checking up on her uh, in this respect, but I asked my wife, have you had your reading yet today? And I was thinking about that portion, Psalm number 43, how that there was great joy in the heart of David to be restored again to the place of worship. And he says, I'm going to go to the altar, my place of exceeding joy." And uh, she's had her devotions. I've had mine. That's our practice. I'm sure it's yours. Day by day. And we, we need to get into the word of God in these days when there is so much that militates against our faith. Where are we going to get faith? Where are we going to encourage is from the word of the living God. And if that word really gets into your heart and soul, I mean into your heart in power, then it doesn't matter how difficult your situation might be, how impossible it might be, God will give you the faith simply to believe that whatever it is, all God has to do is speak the word. And it shall be done. When... I was in Austria for uh, our 28th wedding anniversary, and I've shared something with, with you in recent times. Um, when I took the stroke, uh, the, the Lord really gave this impression to my wife's heart to go outside, that the hotel was shut down, apart from the guests that were there. It was about 10 o'clock at night, it was dark. and uh, But this impression it came to her heart when I took that stroke and fell helpless there on the, in the floor of that hospital or that uh, room, hotel room, and when she went out, it was darkness. Nobody there that she could see. And uh, yet when she turned around, it's amazing what you can see out of the corner of your eye, she spied some movement. Two individuals there in the cafe, in the back of the cafe, and she said, look, can you help? My my husband needs your help. And uh, one man came forward and said, look, I'm a first responder from a local rescue team. Can you believe that? The one man she needed to hear from is the man that stepped forward. And uh, he said, I'll take control here. So he did. And uh, sorted my movement to the hospital, essentially. And while he was sorting me out, my wife didn't had time to get her Bible out. Now, sometimes when we're in a busy situation, a demanding situation, we say, look, we can't, we can't afford the time to read. Well, let me tell you, child of God, that's a time we cannot afford not to read. When we are in a time of great difficulty, demands have come upon us. These are times we need to get alone with God. Now, I'd ask you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And when I was taken care of through that gentleman at that particular time, say my wife had the opportunity then to get down before God and get a word from the Lord, Isaiah chapter 55, this was the word on that particular day. And verse number 8, well-known words, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord, for the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and uh, my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, immediately, this was, of course, in her daily Bible reading, the, the, we, the thought came to her heart, well, these thoughts, these, these ways are not my ways. These aren't ways I would have chosen. But God's hand is in this. God is not out of control. This hasn't taken the Lord by surprise. And that truth brought peace to her heart. And that's exactly what she needed at that time. What I'm saying is that God gave her just the words that she needed on that day through the systematic reading ...of the word of God. And uh, what peace came to her heart. And amidst all the uh, uncertainty... ...and trauma that was taking place... ...she had peace from this word... ...from the Lord. Now, when I got to the hospital in um, Salzburg... ...in a few days, I'd taken a massive stroke. Uh, He had time then to get down before God once again... ...and to seek the Lord for a word for, for this situation discovered that my situation was very difficult, uh, and she's going to, and I'm going to need the help of the Lord. Now, reading on a few days later in Isaiah 57, she read, I, will, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comfort to him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. Now, if she had reasoned, look, I don't have time. This situation is too demanding. If she had not taken the time to get down before the Lord, to get a word from God, a promise from the Lord, what a boon of blessing I would have missed. What a boon of blessing she would have missed. God had that word for her just at that time. And what blessings God has in store for us when we get into his word And that which, of course, would seek naturally to diminish our faith, God compensates, more than compensates. And he gives us a word that increases faith and helps to get through the trial and the tribulation of our personal experiences. So vital it is to get every day into the word of God. God has a word for you, child of God. He has just that right word that you need to hear to encourage you to strengthen your faith And help you to pass through that particular trial you may be experiencing. So get daily into the Word of God. I'd encourage you to take a systematic approach to the reading of the Word of God. We follow the outline. But there are many other outlines. Uh, But the point is, be have a disciplined, systematic reading of the Word of the living God. And your faith will flourish. So... If you get into the word of God daily, it takes discipline. And to find out a word from the Lord, your faith will flourish. And uh, where you will know that if God speaks in your situation from his word, that's a difficulty decisively dealt with. The importance of getting to the word of the living God. God has a word for you today. A word just for you tailor-suited to meet your need. And what a shame it would be to miss that if we're not reading the word of the living God. So if we're going to have this strong faith in God, it is obvious and essential that we spend much time with the Lord at his feet in his word. So that essentially is the origin of faith. We should deserve further the object of true faith because it lays hold upon Christ. If we turn back to Matthew chapter 8, and uh, the verse uh, number 5, we read there that uh, when he saw Jesus, when he was entered into Capernaum, there came to him, that is the Lord Centurion, beseeching him. And in Luke 7 verse 4, the Jewish elders whom he had sent on his behalf besought the Lord instantly. Now, there is considerable urgency here for his servant is nearing the point of death. Uh, it would seem that it was a progressive paralysis that he had with those muscular spasms uh, dangerously affecting the respiratory system and this man was the point of death. But the point that we should note is Christ here is being besought or he is being taken hold of. And the the centurion believed that despite the extremity of the situation, that Christ could heal him, though at some distance from him, and that by a simple word. Now how encouraging it is that Christ is a willing captive to be laid hold of. He's a willing captive to our faith. And the Lord's response was, I will come. I will come and heal him, of course, the great faith chapter of the Bible, Hebrews eleven, declares in verse number six, He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, diligently seek him. so in all our seeking, we of course must be seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ seeking. Him, child of God, I would say today, seek the Lord with all of your heart, and you will surely find him. And that's always a wonderful discovery. As you're seeking for God through the word, you will find him, and will come to your heart that word of blessing and with power. That was a wonderful promise that we considered there in Isaiah 57 that was given to my wife and through her to me some three years ago, a little over three years ago now. And uh, the promise was that I would be healed. Now, that was progressive. I will heal him. It wasn't instantaneous. And God is still doing the work. But the point I'm making is that we need to plead that promise. There have been times in my own experience, even on coming to the house of God today, I've known weakness. And uh, I have to continually, I say this reverently, remind God of his word. Remind God of his promise. He said, I will heal him. Now, Lord, I, you've promised you would heal me. You've done it in a large measure, but, Lord, I, I need your continual touch. Touch me again. I need strength to get through this day. And uh, so while it's a wonderful promise, we just can't let it lie there on the scriptures, on the page, scripture, we need to plead it. We need to bring it back to God, to lay hold of him in that place where prayer is want to be made. So I don't know, child of God, what your situation is today, but I would say to you, I would encourage you to take a step of faith. The just shall live by faith. Get some promise from the word of God so far as your situation is concerned, and plead that. Plead that, uh, claim it, promise it, until you obtain it. And uh, God, whatever your trial today, isn't ruining you. He's, he's refining you. And uh, so we need, of course, to get to the word of God and lay hold upon the God of the word. Now that brings us, in the third case, to the indispensable operation of faith. For faith without works is dead. It's of no value. It's of no effort and no effect. Now, it seems that that love uh, for his servant put feet to the centurion's faith. And the Bible speaks of faith which worketh by love. The point is that whatever his motive or whatever uh, was behind this, his faith was energized. His faith was exercised. He could have reasoned. So often we reason the reasoning of unbelief. He could have reasoned. Well, perhaps... uh, the Lord doesn't have time to, to meet my particular need. What if the Jewish elders don't get my message right? There's always something lost in communication of, of uh, notes. And there's going to be lost perhaps in the, this particular message. What if uh, they can't reach the Lord in time? Perhaps he's too busy tending to Jewish concerns. I can't follow through in this, but... He, he took a simple step of faith, simple yet profound. He took a step of faith. When I was approached to writing an article for LTBS Quarterly, excuse me there, brethren, I have to take a little sip of water every so often and with the medications that I'm on. Uh, that's one of the side effects. But uh, we'll not let that stop us, we'll continue. As I saw, I I was asked to to write this article not long after my stroke, and it's strange the number of things that were through your mind. I'm sure you've had the experience. Somebody asked you to do something, and uh, you're thinking. And I'm thinking, well, can you do this? Uh, And uh, well, my first thought was, no, I can't do it. The timing's all wrong. I mean, I've suffered a stroke, and I can't easily write. I'm right handed. Uh, The stroke affected me. with the left hemisphere of the brain that was saturated, folk instructed me down the, the right-hand side. So no, I can't do it, the timing's all wrong. Uh, I've suffered a stroke, can't write, at least write very well, and furthermore, I just had taken a fall at that time. Uh, I had to go out and try and empty a garbage bin, a refuse bins, because the individuals were in strike. So I went to the local uh, refuse dump and uh, took a fall, and put a number of stitches, into this writing hand. So there's the stroke. Now there are the stitches. And I can't do this. But just as quickly came the thought, well, isn't this just the time and the way in which the Lord works? And uh, I'll take a step of faith. And that's the sort of reasoning that God blesses and uses. Just take a step of faith. Now, I'm... Uh, A Calvinist, I believe very firmly in the sovereignty of God, but God has ordained that he should be, in this way, affected by our faith that he himself gives. And so, so much, you know, depends upon our faith. Again, I, I want to say that I believe in the sovereignty of God, but in that plan of his, he has planned so much to depend upon our faith. That he works by us getting into his word. So the the servant owed his life to his master's faith. And we know the theory, but we must put our faith to the test. Someone known perhaps to you, only to you at this moment, is in great need. And uh, you have no time to wait. Lay hold at once upon Christ, Christ's power. And don't let go until the need is met. And you exercise your faith, and God will exercise his power. He's waiting. Don't miss the opportunity God is giving to you. Maybe in your own personal situations, uh, there, there is some difficulty that has come your way. I want to encourage you today. Take a step of faith. The just shall live By faith, not maybe, but shall live by faith. And without that faith, you and I cannot please God. And uh, surely we need to take steps of faith in these days of infidelity, in these days of unbelief. Without that faith, we cannot please the Lord. So if we want to see God's hand moving, we must, of course, see our own feet as we're moving by a strong and overcoming faith. That brings us, lastly, to the the outcome of his faith. His prayer of faith was answered. And the Lord said unto the centurion, verse number 13, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. God always commends the faithful and always rewards their faith every time. And uh, so I want to encourage you today to take that step of faith. And as you do that, taking that step towards God, he comes and takes that step towards you to meet you at the very point of your knee. Now, in keeping with the scriptural narrative, could I ask, does God marvel at our large faith or at our lack of faith? Now, I don't know what it is with you. I know what it is with me. But uh, God often puts questions to us. We're going to be looking tonight with the help of God at the question that the Lord set before Adam, where art thou? God wants to know where we are spiritually. He wants reality, spiritual reality. And it's always a good thing to ask ourselves questions. Where do I stand in this matter? And with regard to faith, I was just looking at this chapter Matthew chapter 8, if you read on past the portion we are considering, you read there in verse 26, and he saith unto them, his disciples, why are ye so fearful? O thou of little faith. So could I ask the question, does God marvel at our large faith or at our lack of faith? And uh, may it never be, although too often it is, may it never be our case where we're doubting are disparaging God's ability to give, God's ability to work and move, because faith in God really works. It works for his glory. Faith that is put to the test. So I trust the Lord will this morning encourage us and strengthen us and help us in these days to take steps of faith in the life-giving, life-transforming word Of the living God. May we not doubt. Or disparage the Lord. When we say Lord. I don't believe that. We wouldn't say it perhaps. But think of it. What are we saying? What are we thinking? We don't believe God can meet that need. That dishonors God. And that insults God. So much is up to this faith. That God has given to us. May we never doubt or disparage the word. Of the living God. We'll close just with a word of prayer. Our gracious God, our loving Father, we thank Thee that faith is that which pleases the Lord, and we thank that God, in answer to faith in His precious Word, must move and uh, must glorify Himself in the fulfillment of those exceeding and great promises of His. We ask that you'll encourage thy people here today. Thou knowest their difficulties, their encouragements, and their discouragements. And we pray that, Lord, they, they might meet these difficulties with faith in God, that God will do, must do, as he has said. And we pray that, Lord, thou will bring them through, sustain them, and strengthen them in these days of unbelief. Hear us now. Help us and abide with us, we pray, for we ask it in the dear Savior's name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to sing the hymn 400, if you would, 475, and you'll find that on the page 367. 475. I do not know what lies ahead, the way I cannot see, yet one stands near to be my guide. He'll show the way to me. We'll sing the three verses of 475. gracious God we pray that as we meet each and every day we shall be enabled to do so with a faith that believes God for all that is required we ask the Lord will not be overcome but more than overcomers who loved us and gave himself for us Lord grant that we might with confidence meet the challenges that come our way for the glory of God help us step by step to believe for God for all that does lie ahead help us now Guide us, we pray, keep us in safety as we return to our various homes, preserve our going out and our coming in. And we pray that, Lord, you'll bring us to the house tonight with a sense of expectancy of what the Lord himself will do. For we ask it in the dear Savior's name and for his sake. Amen.